0: We'd like to thank our friends at PwC for their support, partnership and collaboration in making Retail Gets Real. Learn more about how PwC helps retailers at pwc.com.
1: Statistics can tell us the correlation between uh, what consumers have in their pocketbook and what they're earning and what they're spending. And, and, And really, the macroeconomics are very favorable right now. Welcome to
0: Retail Gets Real, where we talk with retail's most fascinating leaders about the industry that impacts everyone, everywhere, every day. The National Retail Federation recently published its annual retail sales forecast for 2021, which said we are anticipating retail sales will grow between 6.5% and 8.2% to more than $4.3 trillion in 2021 as individuals get vaccinated. And the economy reopens here today to talk more about what goes into the forecast and what's impacting spending this year is NRF's chief economist, Jack Kleinhens. Welcome, Jack.
1: Good morning, Bill. You staying out of trouble?
0: I'm doing the best that I can. It's not, it's not hard in these days of COVID. I'm looking forward to trouble again. It'll, it'll be back. And I'm I'm really, really pleased to welcome. the program. Once again, my colleague, my friend, and my co-host, Sarah Rand. Hi, Sarah. Hi,
2: Bill. Hi, Jack.
0: Hi, Sarah. Good to see you. Good to
2: see you. I really
0: feel like it's been forever since you've co-hosted, Sarah.
2: Yeah, I guess I am the trouble, and so I don't get invited back a lot.
0: Yep. Well, there you go. No, I mean, I don't make that decision, just as an (laughs) FYI. (laughs) 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 We'll we'll blame the producer, the organizer, the RGR god. So, Jack, a forecast. Now, just before we went on, uh, you were telling me exactly what a forecast is. Can you tell me that
1: again? Well, uh, it's a little bit of science through the modeling that we have. And then there's uh, a number of uh, assumptions or intuition that we have to make about the economy into the model. And then finally, uh, there's got to be a little bit of luck that it all works out.
0: Yep. Do you, have you ever, um, I'm sure that you're familiar with Mark Twain saying,
1: uh, why don't you share with me, Bill, because (laughs) there is a lot of, there are a lot of scenes.
0: I I think I say it every time we have you on, but, um, Mark Twain said, there's three types of lies, lies, damn lies, and statistics. So with that in mind, let's talk about retail sales. (laughs) I'm glad you're in
1: such a good mood this morning. I'm
0: always in a good mood, Jack. Um, so we uh, we had a, a press call recently. Tell us what you think the top lines are for 2021 and a little bit of the reasoning
1: behind that. Sure. Well, let's just begin. You said statistics. And mm. what's very interesting to me is that it's all about the non-economic forces of the new economy, and that is the coronavirus. And it's our hope that this vaccine and its availability can really propel the economy along with the current momentum. So this is such a unique situation that we have found ourselves. And we went into a recession for a non-economic force, And uh, we are in, I believe, a recovery. It is uh, interesting. Uh, I was just on a call with some of my colleagues. Uh, Most of the colleagues believe that GDP, gross domestic product economic activity for 2021, will, will have re, uh, rebounded back to where we left off a year ago, um, and that consumer spending will continue and will, will pick up, just as I have also assumed. Uh, it won't completely get back uh, on track until perhaps the end of the year, more likely next year. Uh, the unfortunate part of the economy that is not coming back as fast as we would like is the labor market. And we probably won't see labor market get back uh, to its uh, fullness of pre-pandemic level until
2: maybe another couple of years.
1: And so that's really sort of the contrast that we have. There's much going on in the macroeconomics of the economy. Uh, but within that, the, the labor market is a uh, significant deficit, as we have we have seen. And we will have to uh, struggle through that, I think, for some time. Jack. I mean,
0: modeling and forecasting in the time of COVID and the time of a pandemic—something that we haven't seen for a generation. I mean, it was back in the Spanish flu days in the early 1900s. I mean, and obviously, our economy was very different then. Uh, I mean, how do you how do you model that? I mean, how do you coming going into, during, and then coming out of? I just can't imagine what what you throw into that. Uh, into that recipe, yeah, right. I mean, it's like you know, how much flour do you use? How much baking soda? How much sugar?
1: We, we you know, certainly statistics can tell us the correlation between uh, what consumers have in their pocketbook and what they're earning and what they're spending. And 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 really, the macroeconomics are very favorable right now. Uh, let me just go through a few of those that I think provides our optimism for 2021. First of all, there is a significant amount of savings that is available to households, a record level amount of savings, probably somewhere over $1 trillion that's available for households to spend. Uh, We also have had uh, very high stock valuations and increased home prices. Those are, that's the wealth effect. And We don't spend a lot out of our wealth effect, but we do have sort of intentions of spending because we feel a little richer. Uh, We have the capacity and that's helped a lot. We've also had government support, the relief programs and the stimulus. We know how much that has, in terms of dollar value, been injected into the economy. So we do have numerics there. And on top of it, Bill, we're in a period where we've never seen interest rates as low as they are. Or they have been, and that has spurred a lot of spending in the housing market, and to a certain degree, uh, some lending and borrowing. So you you put those pieces and parts together, which we have data on, and you have got to kind of conclude that households are in relatively good financial position at this point in time. And but there are unknowns, and um, we, we we are experiencing, as you know. Uh, some sectors of the economy uh, that have that they have been on really low speed and uh, those are in the service industry. Uh, and we can see how much is not being spent on services. And what's happened in fact, some of the spending that had been spent on services typically by households is actually being spent on goods in and, and, and our retail sector, which has been very positive for for our, for our industry. So you take those pieces and parts together and you have to make some assumptions. One of my assumptions is that I think that infection rate will be down by the second and third quarter. And that I think that the consumers in the households uh, will, will uh, be ready for a reopening. Uh, it won't be back to where we left off, uh, it, it, but we will see some very strength in the latter part of the year because of the fact that vaccines in place and the
2: uh, infections are down. If there's a high level of confidence in consumers coming back, and also you mentioned interest rates are low, do you expect businesses and retailers specifically to be reinvesting in their own businesses this year?
1: Let me talk about confidence for a minute because there's a real disconnect right now between consumer and business confidence in general for the last, let's just say, nine months. Yet at the same time, consumers have been spending like it's 1999 i mean it's it's been phenomenal well beyond expectations but the key will be is as we get more comfortable going back to some sort of normality there will be a demand for both goods and services which will then create a demand for goods uh, which could in, and then therefore generate more employment and more employment becomes more income, which becomes more spending. Uh, that's a good signal for businesses uh, that they should continue to produce. In fact, today uh, numbers came out on durable manufacturing that were very impressive and really suggested a real solid start uh, to this year. So you need to build up this confidence that there that we already, I think, are seeing in terms of spending and you know, multiply it up. By by the way, consumers go out and make their decisions on goods and services, and then businesses, uh, therefore, determine more employment and produce more. You know, the road's never straight on these things. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really, you know, this vaccine is really a light at the end of the tunnel that we have, but there's still a lot of challenges ahead of us. You know, I brought up the fact that we're going to still see significant unemployment throughout this year and into next year. Fortunately, and and our numbers do include the stimulus that was voted in on December 23rd, the the relief plan that uh, was put in place. So that has helped considerably, especially for those who are unemployed. And and that's an important factor here because, you know, in the past when people have been unemployed, uh, even in the past great recession, we just didn't have this amount of support if we would have had this kind of support, we might have moved further faster in reclaiming employment. It took, I think, close to four years for employment to get back to where it had dropped off after the Great Recession.
0: What about, uh, I've got really two questions for you. So the first question is, how much of this is being driven by consumer confidence? I mean, to the extent that uh, people are feeling better about not just you know, maybe their personal income or outlook, but the fact that we may be coming to the end of this pandemic. Um, is that influencing
1: your forecast at all? A, a confident consumer is a spending consumer. And other data that we pull into our uh, our analysis includes, for instance, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York and their Consumer Expectations Survey showed that optimism is up for the year they expect to spend at least four point two percent more than last year uh, and and that's sort of the view of the future and I think what we're still caught up with is the current situation which we're still kind of which is still kind of murky because there's just so many people that get to have vaccines and yet the infection is still high so if you think about that in terms of Uh, confidence building, I think it will improve. And again, I'll mention earlier, there's been a disconnect between the overall consumer confidence uh, numbers that we're seeing from the University of Michigan and the conference board and spending. It it seems like it should be much higher. Confidence ought to be higher. But I will mention this, though, that the level of confidence is and has been above where it was compared to the Great Recession. And we all live through that. 10 years ago. And it was pretty pretty disastrous times. So um, it, it's a part mechanics of the economy, but it's part what I call animal spirits. People are going to feel a lot more comfortable. They're going to be feeling safe, uh, healthy. And on top of it, it, we have to recognize that we're going into some warmer weather into the spring and into the summer. And as we've seen last year, that the infection rate went down. And I think people are—they're are, just ready. There's a pent-up demand to get back to some level of normality. Yeah, you know,
0: I, I think that when you look back to the Great Recession, I mean, there was no end in sight. It was just kind of this uncertainty that just went on and on and on, and it was bad. You know, the headlines were bad, the job losses were bad, everything was bad. It, it, it was, and, a, devas- it was yeah. a
1: devastating economy. Remember what it was all—what it all came about was that we had the housing market blew up. Yeah, Uh, and uh, banking—it was a banking crisis. Uh, There wasn't enough capital. uh, Completely different uh, uh, recession, cause of recession this time around. In fact, going into this recession, people were in very good financial shape. Whereas, if you go back before the Great Recession, people are overleveraged. There was a lot of speculation, and especially in their housing, etc. I mean, what's very interesting to me, as I mentioned yesterday, was that. Who would have thought that housing would have come back as it has after the the housing blow up that we saw in the Great Recession? And here we are right now uh, sitting on phenomenal growth and actually very positive growth for the economy.
0: It's it's unbelievable. I mean, I I just have to say that. I don't know that in my adult life I've seen anything like it. Um, Sarah, I did say I had two questions. Can I ask my other one? Do you mind? I'm sorry. I'm not trying to dominate. So my second question is, Jack, I mean, how do you uh, so we've got this great outlook for retail, but coming out of the pandemic, people have been in their homes. They've been limited in what they can do. You can't go bowling. You can't go to sporting events. You can't go to the restaurant and sit inside. You can't sit at the bar and watch the baseball game or the football game. Uh, You can't travel, you can't go to the beach, you can't go to Disney World. So, well, you can, but I mean, it's different. Um, And there's a fear factor involved there too. But bottom line is, why are you confident that all of that that money that people are saving, those trillion dollars, isn't going to go for experiential opportunities?
1: Well, it's going to take time, Bill. It's going to take time for the service industry to reopen. We're realizing right now that maybe we can allow more people in a uh, at a football game or a basketball court, but it, it's been shut down. And there's a lot of related spending that goes along when we do things uh, like sports or entertainment. It, it's uh, in multiple locations. That's first. Second, uh, we've been restricted from traveling. Uh, we can't travel uh, abroad like we had, um, and that's going to be a, a significant a delay for us. To be able to to travel as as fluently as we did prior to the pandemic, internationally, and there's a lot of people that enjoy that, uh, so that that is a, a very important part. And then when we start thinking about eating out, you're not going to make up for the lost time because you've missed 52 weeks of going out on uh, on to dinner on Friday. You're not going to double up in 2021 20, and make it 100, 100 times. I mean, it just doesn't happen. But unfortunately. Uh, there's been many losses in terms of enterprises that have closed down. So in in, in some ways, uh, you're not going to have uh, the choice of places or the variety of places, I should say. Um, and, and and that has been a real stumbling block. And in, and in fact, Bill, many of those service industry is where the unemployment resides. These uh, individuals that work in the hospitality and leisure area uh, it's going to take a while for them uh, to to uh, uh, get reemployed, And, you know, that's lost spending. As long as those people are still unemployed, they are getting some benefits, but they're not fully functional and they're not able to really get into their normal lifestyle either.
0: Sarah, do you look forward to getting back on a plane?
2: Uh, my family does not live in driving distance. So, yes. But I, I hope, you know, we're all able to do it responsibly. And safely. And my 2021 goal is to go to a baseball game with Bill Thorne. Go Nats.
1: Somebody
0: actually asked uh, several months ago. I mean, this was like during the height of it. And they said, what would you do if there was a day free of COVID? Free. You could do anything you want. It was only for 24 hours. And my response to that was I would get up. I would fly to my mom's uh, house. Uh, I would fix her breakfast. I would hug her. I would leave. I would fly back to D.C. I would go to a doubleheader Nats game. After the last game, I'd go to a local bar where they would replay the 2019 (laughs) Game 7 of Nationals against the Astros. I would hug strangers. I would high five. I would scream at the top of my lungs. I'd go home, I'd go to sleep, and I'd wear a mask for nine more months. So anyway, but yes, we'll go to a game, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: I I, I support you on that idea. I have a 99-year-old mother that actually lives right outside of D.C., and yep. I can't wait to go see her. She still lives by herself. And of course, when I make that trip, Bill, I would want to see you also. And maybe go <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's pretty pathetic, Jack, but I'd love
1: to see you too. <laughs> I really. I, would. Miss, I miss the travel. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it. It's whoa, whoa. Uh, something I, uh, 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 I'm comfortable with because most of my travel is like to DC, New York, Chicago, St. Louis, Atlanta. So it's, it's like one uh, you know part of a day, not all not not extensive. I'm not really big on going to the West Coast if I don't have to. I used to
0: travel 85% of the time of my of, you know of, of a year. And uh, I, I just I, I hated it. And now I miss it. And I said that to my ninety-four, soon to be ninety-five year old mother. Sorry, mom, I just gave you away. And she she was shocked.
1: But but back to this comment we were making about the service industry business travel will be reduced and tourism travel will be reduced for some time. And that's going to impact these enterprises that are very dependent on, 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 on both local use of restaurants and entertainment, et cetera. But there's a large amount of business travel, I think, that we're going to be uh, resizing going into the future. And that's going to take uh, take a bit of a... Uh, an adjustment for uh, communities who, you know, are dependent on on travel and tourism.
2: Jack, I have a question about the range. So NRF forecasted six point five to eight point two percent growth. Is that range primarily dependent on the vaccine rollout? Are there other factors that are unknown that are um, widening that range a little bit more than we're used to?
1: Well, the uncertainty with the vaccine rollout is really the primary reason for it. I mean, we we, we have really there's no playbook, uh, as Bill brought up early in this conversation. The last time we had a pandemic was over 100 years ago. We have never seen a non-economic force like this shut down this economy. We've never seen any policy to the degree that we've undertaken. So it, it's it, it I don't want to say it's a crapshoot, but it is you know just. We're, we're, we're doing the best we can in some ways. And uh, although Bill thinks it's a crapshoot at times, uh, I like to think that there's uh, uh, some sense of science. Uh, when I look back uh, at, at some past history, our six uh, we had 6.7% growth last year. We haven't seen 6% growth in, uh, oh, 15, 16 years. And that was back in 2004, 2005. So, the fact that uh, we're at that level is not a surprise to me because it's not a surprise to me because we expect the economy to grow so much faster. And back at that period of time, uh, GDP was growing at uh, what, uh, plus 5%, and unemployment was down to 5%. So it was a very strong economy. So we still have a lot of pent up demand, in my view, and it, with all this purchasing power, it, it's very reasonable. In fact, I have colleagues that are are showing substantial increases um, uh, with their forecasts, uh, assuming you know that the timing of the vaccine uh, and the distribution is uh, phenomenal, and that the infection rate goes down.
0: It's all that's all goes back to where we started. That's the luck piece of it. I think it's not a crapshoot. It's just being a little bit
1: lucky. We just hope that we're going to be lucky about everything moving together at the same time. (laughs) I hope so
0: too. So, Jack, I got the high sign. We have a, a short time left, and you have been on this program before, so this should come as zero surprise that we have a section of our program that we enjoy and we call rapid fire. One of our favorite segments on Retail Gets Real is Rapid Fire, thanks to our sponsor, PwC.
1: Are you ready? Never ready for you, Bill, when it comes to this, but, you know, I can make things up just as fast as you can.
0: Oh, well, let's see if that's the case, Jack. Sarah, lead us off.
2: Jack, what are you reading these days?
1: You know, I just got a new David Sylvia book, Um, The Order. I like his his, uh, fiction. So I I got it for Christmas uh, I haven't started it yet.
0: Jack, pizza or hamburgers?
1: Definitely pizza, sausage, mushrooms, and red onions.
0: Red onions. Mm. It's really
1: excellent, it adds some flavor. You should try it sometime. (laughs)
2: Let's stick with the food theme. What is always in your refrigerator?
1: Uh, What's always in my refrigerator certainly will be some type of uh, pasta sauce that I can whip up quickly and throw into some uh, pasta. It's one of my fun things I like to do is to cook, so I'll make up a big batch of tomato sauce and have it ready to go.
0: i remember that when you fly to DC to see your mom, we'll just let you run over to the condo, fix that, and then you can go see your mom and leave the leftovers (laughs) for me. Absolutely. All right, Jack, so uh, what's your go-to salad dressing?
1: My go-to salad dressing is a lemon lemon and vinegar. Uh, Excuse me, one part lemon and two parts vinegar and uh, garlic. With a little salt. This
2: is making me hungry. We have to shift. <laughs> Other than D.C. to see your mom, where would you like to travel
1: next? Oh, my, 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 I was supposed to go to Germany last year. I My intent was to go visit where my great grandparents were born in uh, Bavaria. And I had it all set up uh, that I was actually going to meet some of, uh, uh, fortunately, some of my relatives that there's been no connection with for probably, a hundred years, but I had a, a, a intermediary that was helping me along. So that's where I'm going first. All right, Sarah, close
0: us out. Go ahead. All
2: right, Jack. Tell me what your first job was. My
1: very first job was being a paperboy. I delivered the Lorraine Journal in Lorraine, Ohio. And when I was like in seventh and eighth grade. Very cool.
0: You know, I actually participated when I was in high school in a speech tournament in Lorraine, Ohio. Just FYI.
1: Is that right? Yeah. Yep,
0: yep. So, Jack. Thank you so much for your time. We really I I know that I give you a hard time, but we really appreciate what you bring to the discussion about this industry, uh, how dynamic this industry is, uh, the the headwinds that it faces at time, the opportunities that it seizes at time and how that really translates into growth and opportunity for our economy, for the American people, families and the global economy, because we lead that. So thank you for everything that you do for us.
1: Well, Bill, I like to share with you, and I think it's been a, a fun time. I'm actually uh, going on 11 years uh, with the National Retail Federation in July, which is, just seems like a, uh, a simple light switch. that just gone off and on real quick. It's uh, been uh, very enjoyable, and I, I really enjoy being a part of the team.
0: 11 years, and you think of what how, how retail has changed in 11 oh, years. I mean, you, in 11 months, I mean, that's that's the way you can actually... You know even define it so if you want to learn more about the nrf annual forecast for 2021 please visit our website at nrf.com and sarah thank you once again for co-hosting retail gets real
2: oh thank you for putting up with me in all my trouble today it's <laughs> good to see you jack <laughs>
0: I didn't know you were in trouble, really. (laughs) And thank you all for listening to another episode of Retail Gets Real. You can find more information about today's discussion and more at retailgetsreal.com. And please send your feedback and episode ideas to podcast at nrf.com. During this time of a pandemic, we close with just asking a simple thing. Please be safe. Stay well. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks again for listening. Until then.